Hi, welcome to episode 586 of the Fantastic Forecast, the world's greatest podcast about the Fantastic Four. I'm Dave Elliott, and Herbie the Robot is my favorite member of the Fantastic Four. In every episode, I'll be discussing a different issue of the Fantastic Four. In this episode, FF number 586, from February 2011, 3, Part 4, World Eater, by writer Jonathan Hickman, pencils Steve Epting. The story begins underwater in the Gulf of Thailand. Sue Richards has been working with the Submariner and another tribe of Atlanteans to broker a peace deal, but at the end of the previous issue, Prince Namor went crazy and killed the other king, Ululhar. King Ululhar's people are understandably distraught, so they've surrounded Namor and his posse. As someone screams, Butchers! Kill them all! Sue is like, No! Everybody stop this! But, one of the Atlanteans says, But King Ululhar has been killed! Prince Namor must die! And Sue's about to ask why Prince Namor would do such a thing, when suddenly a building is surrounded by a fleet of undersea vessels, and they start firing on the building. Sue realizes, Oh no! We've been set up! This was his plan all along! I'm not sure which plan she's talking about. Submariners? The other people? King Ululhar? If that was King Ululhar's plan, it wasn't a very good plan. She puts a big invisible force field around the building to keep it safe from the invading ships. Meanwhile, out in space, on Galactus' massive ship, Reed says, The surfer has returned with the others, and they're ready to jump into warp speed, making a trip across the galaxy to New World. The Silver Surfer comes into the room with a couple of humans. There's a guy named Ted, who helped build New World, and there's a woman named Alyssa. Ben and Johnny told Reed that Alyssa had been killed, but she reveals that her mind has been transferred into a robot body. Alyssa and Ted are wondering, what's going on? Reed explains that Galactus found the body of the dead Galactus from the future that the citizens of New World used to power... They used the power from the dead Galactus to travel back through time. Ted is like, uh-oh, what does he have in mind? Reed says he doesn't know. I don't know either, because I haven't read that far yet. But I have a guess. He's going to fucking eat New World. Yum, 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 yum. Fourteen hours later, the ship comes out of warp speed and enters normal space. Silver Surfer announces that they're about three million miles from the gravitational singularity, Galactus consents that some unknown body has been caught in the gravity well, an entire planet of sentient beings. Surfer wants to have a look, but Galactus orders him to wait until later. He has other plans. What are those other plans? Yum, 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 yum. Ted looks out the window and sees New World circling a black hole. Galactus orders the ship to move closer so he can get a better look. Meanwhile, back in New York City, the Anti-Priest announces the time has come. Make way for our master. Ooh, sounds spooky. Over at the Baxter building, Ben and Johnny are playing cards when an alarm goes off. Just then, a whole slew of black-suited thugs teleport into the room and surround the two guys. Ben, who's still in his, who's still in his human form from a couple issues ago, starts fighting with the dudes, and he yells at Johnny to go protect the kids. Meanwhile, in another room, Franklin Richards and the other assorted children, human and mutant, are surrounded by a, a group of hissing green aliens with large fangs. One of the kids, a boy named Alex, who was a member of the kid super team power pack, 
uses his powers to put a smackdown on the aliens. Human Torch comes in and asks, Did you kill him? And Alex explains that he used his gravity powers to skew the density of the heads of the aliens so their bodies couldn't support their weight. And then they look down at one of the aliens and it appears the alien split in half. Oops. They can see inside the alien's guts and it's filled with egg sacs. Johnny figures they must be attacking the Baxter building so they can gain entrance to the negative zone through Reed's lab. Ben comes in and wants to know where Val is. That's Sue's other kid, her abortion baby who came back from another dimension. Franklin explains that she and some of the other kids went to Reed's lab. I guess that's where all the action is. Back over on New World, Galactus recaps what happened with the place earlier. 500 years in the future, the Earth's sun was dying and they had to use the power of a future Galactus, killing him, to create New World and travel back in time. The current Galactus wants to know, what can they do now to prevent him from being killed 500 years in the future? The gears in Reed's brain start turning, and he believes he has a way to change the future. Galactus is like, okay, I'll let you do that. Now, get back to my ship. I'm hungry. Time to eat. New world. Yum, 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 yum. Ted's like, you can't do that. There are six billion people on this world. And Galactus replies, you fucked with me, you pay the price. Ted mentions there's a gateway on New World that will transport people back to Earth, so he suggests they get busy helping as many people as they can escape New World before Galactus eats it. And so, as Galactus starts chomping down on the planet, Ted, Reed, and Alyssa rush into action. Back on Earth, in the Gulf of Thailand, Invisible Woman has held her force field around the underwater building for 24 hours, but Namor and the others are still unable to come to any kind of truce. She asks to see Namor, and he comes in, and she wants to know why the hell he killed the other king. He says he had to. She doesn't understand. There's more going on than meets the eye. The ancestors of these other Atlanteans were the scourge of the ocean, predators, pillagers, and parasites. They fought with Namor's ancestors and were defeated and almost driven to extinction. But now they're back. The whole peace treaty process was a ruse, a trick to lure an outsider to their kingdom as an emissary, that would be Sue Richards, and they used that emissary to gain information and insight into the other race of people, the humans. Once they have all the information they need, they plan to kill the emissary and use the information for their own nefarious deeds. So essentially, Namor was trying to defend Sue by killing the king. Back in Reed's lab, Johnny is keeping the aliens back with his flames, while Ben finds a giant fucking gun. Has the mutant cable been hanging out in Reed's lab? Ben picks up the gun and starts blasting away at some of the aliens. Meanwhile, Val is busy trying to lock down the portal to the negative zone. She tells Johnny that Reed has recently reinforced the entrance with a new door, which hasn't really been tested yet, but it should hold. But then, the door doesn't hold. It breaks open, and the entire lab is flooded with bug aliens from the negative zone. They are friends of Annihilus, and believe me, that is not good news. Annihilus is a major dick. With that, the story ends to be continued. Coming in our next episode, issue 587, Someone Dies, Yawn. I'm betting my money on Ben Grimm, but we'll see. And now I have a letter from an actual listener. An actual letter, not a phony made-up letter, but an actual email. Chris from, he doesn't say where he's from, Chris writes, after listening to a few of your podcasts, 
I am turning to you for relationship advice. How do I find a partner to date that has crushingly low self-esteem like Ben or Alicia so I know they will never leave me and put up with whatever garbage I throw there? Thanks. Well, Chris, if you were to ask this question to a typical advice columnist like a Dear Abby or an Ann Landers or an Ann Coulter, you'd probably get a list of the same old locations that people always give when you're looking for someone with low self-esteem. Drug rehab centers, Match.com, strip clubs, burn centers, country and western nightclubs, battered women's shelters. These are all good places. But I have to mention my absolute favorite place. See, I'm a pretty insufferable bastard. And I'm always on the lookout for potential dates with low self-esteem. And I have the best luck with the State Fair. Carnies. Where I live, the State Fair comes to town every October, and that's always my busiest month. Socially. The State Fair train rolls into town, and immediately there's dozens of carnies just waiting for a scumbag like me to sweep them off their feet, dangle a new life out in front of them, get them to quit their jobs, treat them like crap for a year, and then I dump them just in time for the next train to arrive. So if you live near an area that gets a lot of annual traveling carnivals, state fairs, or county fairs, be on the lookout for carnies. You can't go wrong with carnies. They'll put up with any kind of garbage you have. And that is my advice for the day. So if you want to email me a question about the Fantastic Four, about this podcast, or if you need relationship advice, you can reach me at podcastff at gmail.com. You can check out more at podcastff.blogspot.com. So long, folks. I will talk to you next time for the death of Ben Grimm. Or somebody else. Probably Ben Grimm. Could be Mr. Fantastic. Maybe he's being a torch. They might just kill Valeria by abortion, baby. Hey, baby. If this is not a challenge, just means that I love you as much as I want.